1: welcome pewter report readers viewers and listeners to a brand new edition of the pewter report podcast energized by celsius the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. it is a wednesday edition of the show which means we are previewing the bucks next game against their next opponent which happens to be a division rival with the Atlanta Falcons in a game where a lot is on the line because the winner will be in, or at least tied, for first place in the NFC South. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we doing on this Wednesday afternoon?
0: Doing good. Um, a little pissed off after being in one buck place. <laughs> Why? Just, just the bucks are pissed off, and it's rubbing off of me. I guess. So actually, I I'm see. Not, I'm excited. I'm here with you, Pewter People today, doing the Pewter Report podcast with you, Matt. So, but uh, no, I mean this. You know, this team is is uh, you know they're they're licking their wounds a little bit from from some missed opportunities against the the Lions. And, and Matt, I, I'm just not that impressed with the Atlanta Falcons. I know they did a lot in in the off in terms of. Revamping that defense, and they've made some strides on the defensive side. But Arthur Smith is an offensive-minded guy. He's the play caller. This is his offense. First-round draft pick Bijan Robinson looks like a, a hit. But yeah. Desmond Ritter is really holding this offense back. You look at at the last couple of games, and just mm-hmm. in terms of scoring, right? After a two-and-zero start, they beat a winless Carolina Panthers team, twenty-four to ten. They beat. You know, an okay Green Bay Packers team, twenty-five to twenty-four at Green Bay, uh, or I should say that that was a home game. And then that was they a lost crazy th- comeback,
1: too. In the it was, quarter. yeah,
0: it was, yeah, no doubt. And and then they lost at Detroit, twenty to six. Wow, surprise score there, right? <laughs> yeah. Bucks are familiar, yeah. Bucks are familiar with that score, yeah. Uh, then they lose what over in London, right? Twenty-three to seven to Jacksonville. Yeah, they they have a narrow comeback win against the Houston Texans 20 to 19. And then they lost their throwback game with the red helmets Mm. to the Washington uh, uh, commandos uh, commodes, whatever you want to call them, 24 to 16. So you you look at those those last four games, Matt and Pewter people, three out of the last four have been losses. The point totals in those games for the Falcons, six points in the loss to Detroit, seven points to the loss to Jacksonville. Only 21 points and a comeback went over the Texans and 16 points in the loss to uh, Washington. So in in their their three losses this year, they're averaging just under 10 points per game. And uh, the Falcons scoring offense is one of the worst in the league, I think. As, as much as you are in dismay about Tampa Bay's offense not lighting up the scoreboard, they would love to be averaging 20 points per game like the Bucks are, the, the Falcons are, are averaging, I want to say 17, so yeah, 16, 17 points.
1: I'm not going to say that these two teams are mirror images uh, of each other. I definitely yeah. won't say that, but I think there are similarities you can pick up from whether you're talking about this current Falcons team and the Bucks from last season, or even to yeah. a degree, the Bucks this season of a lot of the times it's really come down to for Atlanta, whether or not their offense shows up because yeah. on paper, you say, "Wow, Drake London, he's talented. Kyle Pitts, yeah. uh, Bijan Robinson, all those guys, like they have the talent, much like the Bucks do, right? To where their offense should be fantastic. But if for the Falcons' case, it's their quarterback that's yeah. that's really holding them back. And Atlanta's defense is, for the most part, held up their end of the deal in today's yeah. NFL, and that just hasn't been been the case. So it, it really depends on who shows up for Atlanta, which." For a Bucs fan, you kind of gotta feel good because it for the Bucs, and we have some uh video that we play later of the Bucks run game and where there's been so much struggle with this team. Right. The Bucs just kind of have to get out of their own way. That's right. And that could be the biggest indicator for them winning on Sunday. In again, a very important game where the Bucs can really separate themselves in the division. But we got a couple yeah. super chats to get to, and of oh, course, nice. if you super chat us, we get to your question That's or right. comment Cut the line. right away. Especially if it's a $20 super chat from our guy, Adam Hamilton, who's the man. Adam says, brothers, hope all is well. I know we got what we got this year, but do you guys think we try to get a legitimate weapon in the backfield Mm -hmm. next year? Seems to make sense if we are going to be so focused on the run. Go Bucks!" excellent question and i think to answer it absolutely they will i mean they could say everything that they want up at the podium or behind the scenes back to the matter is rashad white for the time being is way more suited to be an rb2 Keyshawn vaughn isn't going to be on a team next season correct i i I wouldn't be shocked by that at all sean tucker as exciting as he was in the preseason is very much a work in progress and not someone you could just be like, "Yeah, Sean Tucker's the guy next season." Right? <laughs> uh, definitely look for a running back to go in this year's draft again by the Bucks, or you know, some type of crazy free agency yeah. deal or trade or something like that.
0: Yeah, they're definitely going to attack it in the draft, and that's been Jason Light's Achilles' heel. That's been his kryptonite. His weakness has been finding running backs. Uh, we've we've rattled them off. I'll rattle them off again. I I can uh, think about them in my sleep and have nightmares. Charles Sims. Jeremy McNichols, Ronald Jones, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, Rashad White. Those are the drafted running backs in the Jason Light tenure. He can draft wide receivers, Matt. I mean, he drafted yeah. two Pro Bowl guys in Mike Evans and Chris Gottman. He yeah. can draft offensive linemen. Uh, the jury's still out in terms of the defensive line, but we saw some signs of life from Joe Tryon from Logan Hall, Elijah Cansey. But, man, the running back position, it has just been an absolute Achilles heel for him and this team. And, Rashad White's going to be on this team next year, right? He's not going to be guaranteed a starting role by any means. Sean Tucker's still under contract, so those two guys will be here. Chase Edmonds, who knows if this guy can get healthy, and Todd Bowles did say today that he was out there working with the trainer. He's got to wait one more week, then he'll be eligible to come off of injured reserve as long as he can go full speed. Todd Bowles is like a wait-and-see kind of guy, So, but you have to think that that there's there's going to be at least two new running backs here uh, in Tampa Bay next year, and you know what? It's like even though you're not good at drafting running backs, you got to still keep trying, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, you have to. You can't just say, "Well, I'm not good at." It. No, you, you got to find them. It's a critical part, especially when your head coach and your offensive coordinator want to want to run the ball more, um, and and it's it's a necessity. And we we have some clips that that yeah. just show you. Uh, that, and, and, and this is, you know, this isn't a vacuum. This is just a couple of plays, right? I mean, there's, there's been some decent runs this year, but there's some plays that, that, uh, you just kind of question, um, the running backs cause it is blocked up well, right? There's yeah. times when it's not, there's times when it's the offensive lines fault. There's times when it's the tight ends fault, but there's times when it's the running backs fault too.
1: Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of clips and, the run game, there's been struggles all over. We have some clips of Kate Otten struggling heavily, yeah. some of the offensive line. But there are a couple that are clear indicators of Rashad White. What are you doing? Hit the hole. Stop yeah. your stutter stepping and all that good stuff. So let's start with this video. You can clearly see Rashad gets the ball. And right. then instead of moving forward, his feet just start shuffling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so here you go, right? So this is this is a look where uh, Alex Anzalone is going to be coming free in the hole, And Rashad White's going to see him and, for some reason, try to do a stutter step. The hole is there to the left. Holes don't last long in the NFL. They just don't, okay? But you'll see it. The hole is is right off of left tackle here, and he sees Anzalone right there, and then he tries to to juke, and all he has to do is run. Run, son, run! Like, you're looking right at Alex Anzalone. He's not... He's taken up the hole, and I don't even think that's the hole that the play was designed to go to, right? But even if it yeah. was, once you see White, and I don't mean Rashad White, I mean the White of the Lions jersey, you got to mash the gas. He stops exactly. his feet and and allows that, that hole to close. Watch between Otten, who does not do a great job, but actually I think of this play, you know, gets to the second level a little bit. But, you know, if Mike Evans didn't hold his block very long, but... But this is Rashad White uh, hurting himself here, right? It's like, Rashad, yeah, what are you doing? Run! Yeah, yeah.
1: He's just, just got to go with the flow. Yeah. To the left side because he's, he still breaks the tackle of Anzalone, yeah. but it slows it down. If he right. just kept going left, he doesn't even have to break the tackle in the first yes. place. Be because once he breaks the tackle and he goes to the left, he does get upfield a little bit. But if right he just there, does just,
0: that from the just first get-go. Oh, Tristan Wurfs. Yeah. That's all he has to do. Just watch there, There's
1: works. another one. I want to make sure it's the right video. Um, where Rashad again is running towards the left and there is a gigantic, you know, the the uh, quintessential you could run yeah. a Mac truck through that hole. Right. Where if you just cut back, it would have really been something. I believe it's this yeah, place.
0: I think it's yeah, I think it's this one right here, right? So, uh, actually it's not uh yeah it is it yeah. is yep yeah. all right yeah you're right it is so we'll, set it up. It,
1: we'll play it a couple times yeah so
0: he, he's got two options here right he's got a massive hole to the right and then it's actually blocked pretty well to the left okay it is You'll watch the right just keep an eye on the right uh he ends up running right into alex anzalone and again we're going to play it again watch his feet just don't watch the holes watch watch rashad's feet right here stop slow down right this needs to be a one-cut run. This is zone runs. This is put your foot in the ground and, and go. And you'll see he puts his left foot in the ground, right, to stop, and then it's shuffle, 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 and then boom. And, and you don't have time. You don't have time to make those decisions. Now, now let's look at the left. We know the hole's to the right, but look how cleanly this is blocked to the left here. Tristan was on his guy, right? You, you've got a, a good block out there by Mike Evans. There's some room to the left, right? Again, if you just plant your foot and go, don't even cut. If you just follow the flow here, I know he's looking for the cut cutback cut, cut back lane. That's fine. It, it was there. He didn't take it initially. But you can go left or you can go right, Rashad, but you can't go straight. What are you doing? Just run.
1: Right up the gut. And the problem is it's, at times like you can watch a video and when you slow it down. You're like, why didn't this player go that way? And it's like, yeah. all right, well, things are moving so fast. This one, he clearly has his head, his helmet looking towards yes. like where the hole is. Yes, so he clearly saw it in the right. run play. It wasn't just like, oh, the guy was right in your face, and yeah. therefore you couldn't do it. It's anything.
0: not a vision problem. He he's seeing where 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 the uh, you know what we call the threat is. Right, the threat is is the the free runner, the guy that's unblocked that's coming into the hole. He sees yeah. the threat, but he's he what he's trying to do is he's trying to to uh, suck the threat in and then wiggle and shimmy. And you can do that when it's a sophomore linebacker for the Arizona Wildcats, right? Yeah. Or the Utah Utes or something when you're playing in the Pac-12. You can't do that in the NFL. The linebackers are too good. All of them. Too good. Yeah. You're not going to make somebody miss in the hole. In this running scheme, uh, you're, you're going to have, especially that, that's, that's a zone run, right? So you get either follow the zone or you can find the cutback. The correct answer, Matt, was left- we're right, but not straight. But not in the
1: middle. <laughs>
0: and unfortunately, he chose C, which was not the right answer. Exactly. It's, ahead. That,
1: it's, that, uh, it's that game left, right, center. He chose center yeah. and he, uh, he unfortunately chose wrong. We have some more videos too we can get to in yep. a bit with Kate Otten and the issues that he's had oh, uh, blocking wise, which has been tough. But we got a couple more super chats to get yes. to. And so appreciate all of our uh, super chatters. Bill Vincent with the $5 yeah. super chat says, Thanks for Monday's shout out. Congratulations on the, uh, uh, well, yeah, shout-out for roll call. Uh, yeah. Thanks for Monday shout-out. Logan looks better each week talking about Logan Hall. Right. How good can he be?
0: Th- that's a good question. And you know what, Matt? I think we've talked about this before, and and you have to understand, his role in this defense has changed now. He is yes. not going to be that three-technique guy that he was kind of drafted to be because the Bucs didn't really have a three-technique. Um, but they, they got an upgrade there. They upgraded over Logan Hall before giving Logan Hall the opportunity to be that guy in Kalaja Kansi, right? But here's the thing. Will Golston has been a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a decade, right? That is a draft hit, right? That is a Mark Dominick, Greg Schiano draft hit in 2013, getting Will Golston in the fourth round. He has been a part of a Super Bowl team. He has helped anchor number one rushing defenses in Tampa Bay. Uh, anytime you get a player, I don't care if it's first round or the fourth round, it's on your roster and a starter for the better part of 10 years. Like that's that's a huge draft win. Logan Hall is a a more athletic, quicker version of Will Golston. He's got the same body type. He's not there yet in terms of his run defense. He's made some strides, but like Will Golston, he was a defensive end at Michigan State who was about 265 pounds, Will made himself into a 300-plus-pound defensive tackle. Kind of the same thing with Logan Hall, who played a little bit of defensive end at Houston. He's also, uh, of course, playing defensive tackle. He played defensive tackle for the Cougars. But the biggest thing with, with, Will, uh, or with uh, Logan Hall is, is just he can be the setup guy for Kalijah Kansi. And, and, and he can be the guy that they can they can run some games off of, right? And it's like, you see here, that was the, the sack that Kalijah Cancy had at Jared Goff. And if you look, he ran a game with Logan Hall. Mm-hmm. And Logan Hall has the size at 6'6", six, six, about 300 pounds, to get in there and and kind of create those double team blocks and free up Kalijah Kansi. So don't expect Logan Hall to necessarily be like a 10-digit 10 di- 10 double digit sacker kind of guy. Um, I think Logan Hall is, is growing and getting better, and we'll see what the finished product is at the end of his rookie contract. But I think Kalijah Kansi is going to make Logan Hall better because Logan Hall is going to be that kind of that setup guy that's going to allow Kalijah Kansi to really flourish on some of those twists and stunts up front, Matt.
1: Yeah, and if you're Logan Hall, you got to say, well, Kalijah Cancy can't get that job done without me, so resign sign me so we can uh, really tag team this. Yeah. Yeah, I I think Logan Hall, is he going to be something really special? No, I don't necessarily think so. But I think he eventually can be better than Will Golston, who you just highlighted, where he's an important piece to the interior defensive line, but you can kind of survive without him if he's not going to be there. Like I would put him above, say, like a Raheem nunez Rochez, who was on the team back in the day. I think he's an important depth piece to a defensive line, but not a make or break player. But of course, if he could elevate the games of, right. you know, whether the outside linebackers or Kalijah Cansey, that will go yeah. a long way where, you know, maybe the, the, the casual fan doesn't realize what Logan right. Hall is doing, but people in the front office yeah. definitely will, will have an idea yeah. of it. So there's I a reason why I say the course, there's a
0: reason why will Golston kept getting re-signed. He's, he brings value. He's never yeah. going to be the star, but he's a vital cock and he helps people like Vita Vea, right? Do, yeah. do his job. And I think, you know, when Vita Vea draws a lot of attention and Kalaja Kansi is going to start drawing a lot of attention, I think you're going to see Logan Hall get some of those one on one opportunities to pass yeah. rush and get some sacks. And, and I think he brings that element that Will Golston didn't really have as, as a true pass rusher. He was more of a run stuffer. Yep. I think, I think Logan Hall, when he finally kind of reaches his developmental stage, which will probably be later this year, early next year, in terms of, of growing physically and then understanding his role in this defense. I think he's going to be a better version of Will Golston.
1: And I think that's exactly what Tampa Bay needs, because let's yeah. face it, the interior defensive line are the guys that are getting the sacks on yeah. the quarterback. You know, Kalijah Canty had one. Bita Bay was leading the team. So uh, they they need all the help that they can get from yeah. their defensive linemen. So we'll see how it goes with uh, Logan Hall moving forward. I got to give him respect because he's able to do It's called a kip-up when, like, you're lying on the ground and you jump up and yes. land on your feet. That's extremely <laughs> yeah. difficult to do. It without is. Without a helmet and shoulder pads on, and the fact that he did it in the middle of a game wearing yeah. that stuff, all that stuff—all the credit in the world I to know. Logan Paul for uh, for doing yeah. that. But uh, let's Will, Will
0: Goldstein can't do that, I don't think. Will Goldstein, uh, even I, in his prime, he couldn't do yeah. that. Paul, aka Florida Dreamhouse, we appreciate you. Two dollar super yeah. chat. Sorry, your Baker Maker. Sorry, your Baker Maker. Your Baker Mayfield video was fair and on point. Nice job. I just put up last night a new Pewter Pulse video here on Pewter Report TV. Make sure you check that out. Uh, give it a like, give it a, a comment that helps our algorithm. It gets it in front of more Pewter uh, people like yourself. Same thing with our Pewter Report podcast. Give us a like, the thumbs up, give us um, yeah. uh, a comment. Those That type of interaction on our YouTube channel helps us grow our YouTube channel and get our videos out in front of more awesome Pewter people like you. Appreciate the, the super chat there, and I'm glad you enjoyed the video, Paul.
1: That's right. Yeah, appreciate it, Paul. And Katta Max, thank you for the $10 super chat. Says great job with the interview y'all had with Coach Dungie last week, guys. Yeah, that was uh, that was last fun. Thursday. If you guys didn't yeah. get to watch it, we do a uh, Bucks Alliance preview, but there's a lot of great conversation with yeah. Dungie that uh is, is evergreen, you know, because it's about right. the old days with the Bucks. Yeah. So definitely Talks recommend about John him.
0: Gruden, too. You know? Yeah, talked a lot, yeah. of
1: yeah, talked about John, John Gruden as well. So uh, definitely if you haven't watched it, make sure uh, you go back and check it out because a lot of great stuff from Coach Dungie.
0: Yeah,
1: um, Catamax continues. pr's on top of it, like always. Thank you, PS. Thank you. Canty looks like a difference maker in the making. Yeah, only one full game, but I'm excited. I'm extremely excited about yeah. Elijah Canty too because he is tossing people around. He is bull rushing like there is no tomorrow, and he just in what six quarters of football if we if we count week one, what he did uh, against the Vikings, and then his first full game last week against a really good Detroit Lions team. Elijah Cantsey already looks like the real deal. And that's very, very difficult to say about any defensive tackle really making uh, their way into the league. I mean, Jalen Carter and Elijah Cantsey are ruining it for the rest of the defensive tackles <laughs> right. that are going to be entering the NFL because they're yeah. both off to such a great start, at least for Cantsey when he's been able to play. And yeah, he he's fitting the bill right now at the moment. Yeah. He got his first career sack, and I only mm-hmm. think there's going to be more to come from Kalasha Kansas. I
0: agree, and and Matt, you, you, all your points were, were right on par. I'm going to add one more thing: the fact that he is playing next to a Shaq Barrett, a Joe Trynshowinka, yep. a, a Logan Hall, a Vita Vea. Um, n- not that not that there's an overwhelming amount of Pro Bowl star power there yet, but I mean, just Vita Vea alone. You go back at, at Gerald McCoy, who's playing next to Roy Miller, you know, no, no disrespect to Roy, but I mean, he's not, he's not Vita Vea. Yeah. Uh, Warren Sapp was playing next to Brad Culpepper. And I love Culpepper. He was phenomenal. Actually led the team in sacks in 1998 with nine. Sapp, I think had eight or eight and a half, something like that. But my point is, you can't double both of them. <clears throat> Either Vita Vea is going to be singled up or a is. And so <clears throat> to me, Th- this is this is a, a great situation for Kalaja Kansi to come in because teams are going to try to double him and take him away. That's fine. Leave Vitavia one-on-one. Yeah. Leave yeah. Logan Hall one-on-one, on one, right? All the power um, to you. There's more pass-rushing talent and potential on this defensive front with Kalaja Kansi there that it's it's going to be pick your poison. And now it's up to the Joe trying Shawinka When he has a one-on-one, on one, he's got to win it. Same with yeah. Vita. Same with Kalaja. And same with Logan Hall. They got to win their one on ones when they're given those opportunities, but this collection of pass rush potential that's up here right now, and I really think that I think they're going to blow the, the, the doors off the barn on Sunday. I, I see five sacks from this Buccaneer defensive front against the Falcons. They've given up 19 sacks so far. Desmond yeah. Ritter will hold on to the ball. He'll take some sacks. The Atlanta offensive line is very good at run blocking. If they can shut down Bijan Robinson. And and mm-hmm. Tyler Algier, if they can get a lead in this game, look out because this will be like it was last year where Marcus Marietta was sacked five times, man.
1: Yeah, well, hopefully the game doesn't end the way that uh that it happened, where Atlanta got back into the game and then Grady yeah. Jarrett got a phantom roughing a passer <laughs> right. call on, on Tom Brady. But that's uh you know, that's old news. This is obviously new news with the with the new team. And yeah, I mean the Falcons have always <clears> been that type of team where uh, it feels like they can only play either with the lead or, or yeah. in a close game. So, if the Bucks, who have not had good starts to games, if they finally harness a good yeah. start, maybe even go up 10 nothing, 14 nothing, I think that could really uh, go a long way for them. And by the way, watching Kalijah Cancy in his first full game, it was even that much better that he was rocking the cream School. And I know the history of the cream School with them yeah. losing just from a look standpoint, look fantastic because it he reminded did, yeah. me of the. You know, one, the creamsicle Celsius, but also the orange Celsius, which That's we right. were given away to uh, three lucky winners last week. And this is a great time to remind everybody that Celsius is the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. There's the sparkling orange you could see on the side right next to the Cosmic Five, which is the newest Celsius. great flavor. flavor. Yeah. Great flavors all across the board. There's no sugar, no uh, post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with uh, another product out there. So if you need to know where to find a Celsius, if you haven't had one yet, you are in for a treat. Go to the Celsius website on their store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest geographical location where you can pick one up. It could be a Walmart, a 7-Eleven, a health and fitness store. Or if you're a certain area of the country, it could be a bodega.
0: Bodega.
1: And once you go to your bodega and you're like, wow, these are great. I want more. I want it in bulk. That's when you go to uh, Amazon. You can get it in bulk. I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You heard me talk about all the awesome flavors that Celsius has. Um, yeah. Go to Amazon. Click on the subscribe and save. Have it sent to your residence whenever you want. You're in charge of it. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Whenever you want, just make Celsius your number one pick. Celsius, the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast as luke says
0: bo dig <sighs> that's right we got another great super chat here you guys Me are too. showing up on a wednesday for this uh, love it it's preview love it Appreciate thank it. you
1: to zachary jarvis with the <clears throat> 1999 super chat zachary says i saw a post about ryan neal's more effective inside the box than playing over top why does Bowles have him play over top if he's gonna do that he should have delaney subbed in to play over the top and keep Neal underneath. Well, I definitely think there's no question that Neal is better, uh, better in the box and even stopping the run. I mean, the one good the, – the one, I guess, highlight play of Ryan Neal this season was early on in that Monday night game against the Eagles. He got the big tackle on a uh, fourth and short when Philly went for it. So uh, I don't think it's any surprise that he made that big play but then struggled, obviously, against the Lions – with uh, with the two pass plays for yeah. the touchdown. Um, I, I, I guess so, some of it is you don't want to be too telling of, oh, Ryan Neal's in the game, they're, right. they're defending the run, or, oh, D Delaney's in the game, let's run against them because yeah. he's better in, in covering the pass. There's a little bit of gamesmanship to it yeah. that obviously Todd Bowles is aware of. But, yeah, we'll see this week because if Ryan Neal struggles again, there are a lot more people are going to be banging the door for D Delaney to, uh, to become the starter at safety next to Antoine Winfield Jr.
0: Yeah. And I think the biggest thing too, Matt, is, is when you look at, at Winfield and one of the things he does best is, is blitz, right? Sack fumbles yes. and he's got four sacks this year, right? So or a couple sacks, I should say four last year. So he's about halfway to where he was last year early in the season. Now, having said that you can't blitz him from the free safety spot. He can't be that single high safety and running up 15 yards to the yeah. line of scrimmage during the snap, the ball is gone way before then. Right? So, if you want Win- Winfield to be dangerous and and uh, and brush the passer and do those things, he's got to be in the box. That means you got to have your other safety back there. And I think, like you said too, Matt, it's about predictability. You can't. You have to rotate your safeties. It's just in, in our own Josh Capo. I think put it up on his uh, X feed. I want to say that Neil's playing about ten percent more snaps in free, like in in coverage, than than in the box. And yeah, he's better in the box. He is. Yeah. At the same time, uh, say what you want about the defensive play call, say what you want about you know his lack of speed and he's going up against the first round wide receiver uh, in in the Jamison Williams there. His hand is right in there. like like th- th- that aside from maybe getting his head turned around like a split second uh, mm. as the the ball is coming down, outside of that, he didn't draw any penalties right they, he, he timed it perfectly. But the, the thing is, is you've got to be able to rip that ball out. If, if mm-hmm. you do, you're a playmaker. If you don't, you're a Jag, which is just a guy. And, and that's what we've seen so far from him, unfortunately, is he's just a guy. And he put himself in position to make this play, but you got to make it. That's what the NFL is all about. It's about it, the game comes down to a handful of plays, and the playmakers are the ones who get paid, and the playmakers are the ones who win games. And Jamison Williams on this play was the playmaker first round pick got the touchdown, the undrafted free agent didn't. And you know, that's, that's why we're talking about D Delaney right here. And I don't think they're going to go to D Delaney necessarily because he doesn't tackle as well as, as Ryan Neal does. If you put D Delaney's pass coverage skills in there with, with Ryan Neal in terms of his run stuffing ability, you would have, probably a Pro Bowl caliber player, or at least a, a really, really solid starter. But that's not the case.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, Scott, because there are a lot of players this year for the Bucs that are having one-year auditions, if you will. Not maybe yeah. not necessarily everyone's only under contract for that right. one year. Like Rashad White, for example, he's still under contract for a couple more seasons. But this is a right. one-year audition for him to be a starter, full-time exactly. starter at running back. Baker Mayfield clearly is in addition to further his career as a starting quarterback. Ryan Neal's in that position a little bit too as a safety because he was predominantly a backup with uh, Seattle and special teams when he played for Atlanta. So this is his opportunity to prove to everybody that he could be a full-time starter. And I think for Baker, even though he struggled last game, I would say right now, still thumbs up for Baker. Yeah. Rashad white, very much a thumbs down. Yeah. And right now with Ryan Neal, I don't think it's as much of a thumbs down as Rashad white, but it's not exactly in the middle at the moment. It's yeah. Lightly turned. Right now. So uh, <laughs> exactly. definitely something, a little storyline to pay attention to moving forward. But we Agreed. have a uh, another $20 super chat, 1999. Us up today. Up $20. Yeah. Thank you so much to all the Peter people. Thank you. Specifically here to Josh Weiss. Thank you very much, Josh Weiss with this super chat who says, I know it's a bit of everything, but what is the biggest reason for the piss poor run game? Blocking talent or scheme? What's the biggest problem of the three? Love you guys, by the way. Pounding a Celsius as we That's speak. That's awesome. Great question. We actually yeah. kind of tackled it in our uh, PR roundtable that yeah. came up this
0: yeah. week. Yeah, and, and the answer, the correct answer, and you don't want to hear it because you want one thing, but it, it's all it's all three. It's it's talent, it's well, I don't say it's schemes much, but it's it's talent and it's blocking, but it's blocking at different levels. It's blocking from the tight ends, it's blocking yeah. up front, um, and it's it's the running backs making poor decisions in terms of where to go with the ball. It's also just maybe a lack of talent. Uh, Matt, you and I were talking about this at the the team facility today. Running backs, the two best traits, outside of vision, because you got to be able to to find the holes and all that. So that's kind of a given. Uh, But the two best traits that you need, it's not necessarily speed, but it's it's acceleration. It's that instant, like, attack the hole uh, urgency, right? There's two kinds of runners. There's urgent runners, and then there's angry runners. And angry runners are the guys that may not run the 4-4s. Four they might be a four five, five, 4 5 7 guy, but they're physical. They're slippery. They, they can uh, break through arm tackles. They can make you miss in short area spaces. They can stiff arm you. They have some physicality where they get yards after contact. And, and so those two traits, right, the, the bruising kind of uh, angry runner – or the urgent runner, uh, th- those w- with that little burst of speed. And we've seen chase Edmonds a little bit, what have that little bit of, of urgency to his running game, that that's a missing ingredient in this backfield right now. And, um, and then then you look at the tight ends and, and you look at, at sometimes the interior linemen don't do a great job blocking, but Matt, um, it's maddening, and I know Buck fans don't want to hear it from Dave Canales. They don't want to hear it from Todd Bowles, but you and I look at, at the tape. Josh Capo looks at the tape, and yeah. and it's on this play, it's the tight end. On this play, it's yeah, the back. Yeah. On this play, That's it's the, the center. <laughs> and on this play, it's the left guard. And, and it's maddening because you have 10 guys doing the right thing and one guy doing the wrong thing, and it could blow up a running game, right? Um, yeah, you, yeah. You, you might have it perfectly blocked on a stretch zone play, and Mike Evans decides not to block or or whips on his block or something. And and then it's a two-yard gain rather than a 12-yard run down the sidelines if Mike pins his guy. So, so that's yeah, the problem yeah. with the running game. It's a little bit of everything, and it's usually one different thing on every different play.
1: Yeah, that last statement you made is the correct answer. Um, but to answer Josh's question, I definitely don't think a scheme. And it's yeah. definitely a big part of it is the talent specifically at running back. But yep. at the end of the day, I still do think it is the blocking. Kind of to your point of uh, one play, it's Robert Haynesy and then it's Kate Otten. And we have yep. a lot of Kate Otten tape of, of where he's messed up. For example, this one alone, yeah, Kate Otten, he makes the mistake before the ball's even snapped because he runs into Tristan Wirfs and went the wrong direction. He's right, the bottom of the screen right to here. Make the block. Yeah, bottom of the screen. He's lined up next to Tristan Worfs on the left side. The right, second so. angle, when it shows behind center, <clears throat> yeah. uh, is a little more telling. But yeah, just watch Kate Otten when it when it goes to behind center. <laughs> he immediately it. steps to his right and bumps into Tristan Wirfs.
0: Yeah, runs into Tristan, and that just creates a run it again. Uh, it and watch the second clip, which is the the end zone uh, angle. Uh, it just creates a log jam, right? Filer hits the dirt, Keynesy hits the dirt, right? So it's. This is what they talk about with execution, right? Sometimes people yeah. want to get, jump all over the play calling, but maybe it was the right play call. If they could have just blocked it, Well, they get four or five yards. Who knows, right? Second and nine, run the ball, sure, why not? And <laughs> it's just nowhere to go. Yeah, it's, it's over before before it starts, Matt.
1: This one, I believe, is Kate <laughs> kadon pulls on this play. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yep.
0: Yeah and gets and rocked right gets in the backfield bullied and credit up. to
1: Rashad White he actually made something out of nothing on that play yeah. but that would have been a loss of what four yards but thankfully yeah. uh, Rashad was able to break through that tackle but Kate on just right. completely getting obliterated yeah I'll play it yeah, one, it more, one, time, yeah, one, one more time there's another one where he like re- yeah where he really pulls
0: Yeah. Uh, If you're, if you're coming on this, this pull, you have to absolutely smash what you're doing is, is you should be getting, you should be getting that your target uh, for that particular backer is his outside shoulder, right? Uh, Where where I should say his inside shoulder when he's coming in and you want to hit that shoulder, that's your target and drive him laterally sideways down the line of scrimmage. Now the, the backer does a good job of kind of squaring up in the hole, but Uh, you you, got to bring it son like like, yeah this is football this is contact it's a contact sport you got to absolutely go and this is like a wham block where you just you're you're trying to knock this guy's lights (laughs) out because he's not he doesn't see you coming but you can't just throw a shoulder into him and expect to get movement you're not that big of a tight end and so we talk about the tight ends in the running game. Now, let's—is let's, this another one here? Is this the same? A yeah. Let
1: me, uh, right? Let me try to find. Nope. I think it's this one. Yeah. So this one, you'll see yeah. K. Otten go into motion on the right side, and, yeah, and just whiffs, whiffs on the line. Just
0: Yeah. Play that again. He, yeah. he, he has his head down. He's in the hole, right? And and lo and behold, guess what? The guy that he whiffs on makes the tackle, right? So he comes. You got to come with a sense of urgency, full speed. And you got to take that guy running, and drive him.
1: You're running downhill too. Like you're, you're not, running you downhill. Running
0: that linebacker played again. That linebacker doesn't even see him because he turns the corner and all of a sudden, Cade's going full speed. You've got to take that guy and put him on skates, right? And Anzalone just says, "Whoop, ole, and boom."
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was not the uh, it was not the best performance by Cade Otten yesterday in Sunday's game.
0: Yeah. It's it's blocked it pretty time. well. Cody Moss yeah. pulls, does his job, you know, and 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 again, uh, if and play it one more time. This is Keyshawn yeah. Vaughn now, right? And 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 look where look where he is, and and how far he has to run, and just doesn't have the speed, right? Mm. Like just doesn't have the speed. He's just not fast, right? And you're you're trying to, you know, it's not like he's running across the formation. He's taking the handoff, doing one cut, right? Right, it's a counter. And all of a sudden, boom! But there's just no acceleration there. So, you know,
1: and that's the long way of saying it's everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the offensive line. It's the running backs. They uh, they are teaming up for this. Um, you know, overall, uh, futility's kind of mean, but that's essentially yeah. what they're getting. Thank you to Zach Jarvis again. Great question. Chat. Says, do you see Todd Bowles as a Super Bowl winning head coach? Because I have a hard time seeing it. You know,
0: not with gets, this roster, you know, not now with gets this
1: roster. It uh, gets a lot of flack. I do yeah. worry. and I don't know. I guess a playoff game situation is different. And, yeah, you know, they got so blown out by the Cowboys. But for example, yeah. the fourth and two play where they punted on it. Yeah. Like if it's a big crucial moment in a big situation, do we always trust Todd to make the right decision? Right. I don't He's done better this
0: year than last year, but you're right, Matt. Yes. I mean, that fourth and two call was not the right call. And yet you have to only hope that he learns from it. Like we've seen better head coaching in terms of game management from Todd Bowles this year. I think that that's not a dispute, but yes. he does have the past, right? That you, you hope doesn't come back to haunt him. And then you have the fourth and two call, another one. Um, but uh, Listen. There have been some some coaches that have made it to the Super Bowl with really, really talented teams, right? Yeah. So do the question is, uh, do you see Todd Bowles as a Super Bowl winning head coach? It it really depends on the roster, more so than anything. I, I yeah. think Todd I think Todd, if if he had an offense that was capable, like say 24, 27 points a game, then it'd be 30 points a game, like the Super Bowl season with Brady and all that. But but if Dave Canales is the right guy, if Baker Mayfield is the right trigger man, or they find one soon, like next year in the draft, or if it's Mayfield, uh, if they can get, uh, significant upgrades at running back and tight end, like playmaking guys, like a Brock Bowers yeah. type of tight end, um, you know, and, and a running back. I've not studied this class of running backs yet. I know Blake Corum's a guy, Michigan, who just seems to get big chunks of yards all the time. Uh, the, the offensive line, right? Uh, it took a big step back with the sudden retirement of Pro Bowl Ali Marpet, right, and then the, yeah. the loss of, of another Pro Bowl center who just signed a massive contract in Ryan Jensen. So that set the clock back a little bit, right? Even even if Donovan Smith was was you know was going to go and, and and not play well, fine. You move you move Orfs over to to left tackle. Next to Marpet with Jensen, you have Luke Etikey at right tackle, and then you draft Cody Malk at at right guard. How are you feeling about that offensive line, right? I feel pretty damn good about that offensive line. Yeah, The problem is, that wasn't the plan. That wasn't Jason Light and Todd Bowles' plan. Marpet retired, that was his call. Jensen got hurt, that wasn't his call, but that's, that's what happened. So now, you're having to invest more time and draft capital and learning on the job. To get back to that Super Bowl level, and I think if if some of these draft picks from this year and and uh, and last year, if they can really hit like Zion McCollum, right, Logan Hall, if Joe Trynshewinka comes around and, and and looks credible, if Kalajicansie is a hit, then I think this team is probably within two to three years of another Super Bowl run up, and and in the meantime. I think this team can run the division for the next couple of years. I really do. I think that this division is the Buccaneers for the taking. I think Arthur Smith, and we'll talk about the Falcons here. We got, got 20 minutes to preview the Falcons. Arthur Smith's on the hot seat, Matt.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I, I, I don't know if Frank Reich is the answer in Carolina. And um, he, do,
1: he already doesn't like ownership. He kind of alluded to that. Yeah. Panthers
0: are going nowhere fast. Yeah. Um, then, then you've got the, the New Orleans Saints, not sold on the Saints, not sold on Dennis Allen. They're on
1: defense. Their offense stinks, and they yes. suck with that that big That's contract right. with uh, with Derek Carr. The last yeah. thing I'll say about Bowles and whether or not he's going to be a Super Bowl-winning head coach, all I'll say is, you know, you have another coach out there, and Mike McCarthy, who people tend to make fun of or kind of poke fun at, maybe because he's coaching the Cowboys. But Mike McCarthy also won a Super Bowl, and – I don't know he doesn't really get a lot of respect. I'm not saying that Todd Bowles gets disrespected, but uh, you know we've seen other coaches that other teams think they can take advantage of win a Super Bowl. So it definitely yeah. is possible. Fair point. He's still a great defensive coach. So yeah,
0: fair point. I think that's that's a good comparison there. You know, with um, with someone like Mike McCarthy who is kind of on the hot seat in Dallas because yeah, <laughs> because he can't win in the playoffs and and really advance to the championship game. Um, okay. Bucks would like to have that problem again, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, the Falcons here, Matt. Uh, when you look at, at them, they've spent a lot of money on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I had a chance to talk to Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield, asked them both about Jesse Bates, who is the one-man gang in Atlanta. Number three, the free safety. Came over from Cincinnati. He picked up Baker Mayfield before uh, when he was a, a Bengal and Mayfield was a Brown. Really good impact player, 17 interceptions. In his NFL career, Uh, he had a career-high four last year. Uh, His last year with the Bengals, now with the Falcons, uh, three interceptions to start the season. So he's already on pace to shatter his career high. His three interceptions, Matt, they're tied for the most in the NFL, and they also lead the Falcons. The interesting thing about those three interceptions is they're the only three picks that Atlanta has. No other player in Atlanta has any interceptions this year. They struggle to take the ball away. They, they struggle to rush the passer. Their, their leading sacker is Bud Dupree, who was a cast off, right? They've got another cast off in Kalaja Campbell, who's still a big guy. They've got uh, uh, David Anyamata from the Saints. Yep. They brought the Saints defensive coordinator over and they brought him over as well as Caden Ellis, the linebacker from New Orleans. So they're a physical unit up front. They're number 10 against the run. They're allowing 99 points per game. Bucks should have. More success running the ball than they did against the Eagles, who were number one at the time when they played him in week three. Now they're number two in rushing defense. And certainly better than they did last week with 46 yards against the Lions. Lions are now the number one rushing defense after entering Sunday's game as number three. <laughs> so I think that they'll have some more success running the ball against the Falcons, but they still got old man Grady Jarrett up front doing it. They do. So there's more talent there. And you're right, Matt, from your earlier comments. They're doing enough to win them defensively, um, and some of the pieces have upgraded the Falcons across the board, and I think Bates is is one of those guys. You you got to – Baker Mayfield has got to know where this guy is on every snap. He is the pre-snap read, in my opinion. Where is Jesse Bates, right? And then I'm throwing the opposite way. I don't want the ball anywhere near this guy. He is a game wrecker. He, he's got four pass breakups to lead the Falcons, three interceptions to lead the Falcons, Two forced fumbles to lead the Falcons. Stay away from number three, Matt.
1: Yeah, that has to be the case. And what worries me a little bit is you mentioned that the Falcons don't have a lot of turnovers and interceptions specifically. So that kind of leads me to believe that it's got to be coming sooner rather than later. Or maybe in the Bucks' case, it doesn't come at all like it did last season. And I don't think Baker Mayfield has made bad decisions by any right. means, but he has thrown an interception in his last three games. Granted, they're all kind of different, odd things. A tipped pass, an underthrow against the Saints. And, you know, we got picked off against the Eagles as well. So, you know, we always harp on the uh, the turnover battle. But it's not even what Atlanta does. I just want to make sure that Baker's on the same page with Mike Evans and and Chris Godwin because you could just play the game of, oh, stay away from Jesse Bates, maybe not dive into too many of the matchups against, you know, A.J. Terrell or whoever it is but you got to make sure your top guys get the ball. And we just haven't seen that now. Granted Mike got hurt against new Orleans. So that changes things, but we didn't see that against the lions when you needed your best players to show up. And quite frankly, the bucks didn't necessarily get that. Like even Chris Godwin, I feel like most of his plays were kind of made in garbage time when it was already 20 to six and the bucks were just dinking and dunking down the field because that's what the Lions allowed and dictated as they want to close the game out. So Will Mike and Chris step up? I mean, they, they both talked about that. The opportunities have been there. They just haven't executed on it. And um, I will give the bucks run game a little bit of the benefit of the doubt in terms of you make a great point that their biggest struggles were against the two best run stopping defenses in the league. If yep. you look at the rest of their matchups, the Vikings won kind of a wash first game of the season. You're really right. figuring everything out, but they ran it very well against the Chicago bears. And, they were solid enough against the Saints. And I, I think that's what we got to understand. Yes, they're going to be stubborn running the football, but they right. don't have to average 140 yards per game. You that's know, right. you, you just have to have sound quality runs. You might only run it 12 times. And Todd Bowles kept talking about that. Well, if they're going to stack the box, we're not going to we're not going to run it then. If they stack the box, that's fine. Just have efficient runs that's where right. it looks like you're actually doing something in the run game and not just banging your head against the wall as bull said. And (laughs) I just don't want to see too many second and 11 second and twelves because the run game has been absolutely poor. So this is a great test for this, for this offense in the run game. What type of, what type of run game are you and really bucks fans and media and everyone's just asking for like, an average run game. That's right. You know, yeah. They, were, they Just, were dead
0: last, yeah. last year. Ranked 16th, 17th, and, and you're good. Yeah. right? That's, That's all you need. Yeah, And the thing is, I I, I did a, a Peter Pulse video, the one prior to the, the new Baker Mayfield one, so check that out on Peter Report uh, TV, or YouTube channel. But I did one uh, prior to the Lions game, and kind of saying, like, when is this running game ever going to take off? And, and, and I even said it was not going to be against the Lions, but it very well could be against the Falcons. I'm going to yeah. stick by that. I think there's going to be some opportunities in this game to kind of crease uh, the the Falcons a little bit, they're big and strong up front, but they're not terribly quick and fast. They've got some older players there, and and I, I think that the physicality of the Buccaneers, uh, you know, and I put this this picture up here of Baker Mayfield from from the uh, the post game press conference. Uh, the Bucks, this is what he said: they, they got to get pissed off up front, and and I I yeah. think I think that's going to take hold this week. I I'm optimistic that Tampa Bay rushes for hundred yards or more. Not going to be a 200-yard day or anything like that, but I, I believe that they can do that. Now, on the other side of the ball, Bijan Robinson is the real deal. I am yes, so glad is. this guy is out of the Big 12. He destroyed <laughs> my Kansas State defenses the last couple of years, and we have a really good defense. So, very glad to see him. But, of course, he has to go to the <laughs> NFC South, easy, where yeah. I've got to watch him twice a year now, uh, instead of once a year. But this guy's the real deal. He can throw it. I'm sorry, he can catch it. He probably can throw it too. He yeah, can catch probably. it. He can run it. Uh, he's got two receiving touchdowns already. He's very dangerous inside the the red zone as an outlet receiver. He just beats you to the corner, right? He catches the ball and just races you to the pylon. He usually wins. Uh, he is a creative runner. He's he's got a lot of of uh, wiggle in the open space. He's deadly. Um, he has got he can do both. He is the yards after catch. Uh, yards-after-contact kind of guy. He can hurt you as a receiver, runner. He can break tackles, but then he's also really good in space with the make-you-miss, the start-stop ability, the instant acceleration. And then you throw in Tyler Algier, who got 1,000 yards last year, right? is no slouch. That's a one-two punch that most teams, the Buccaneers included, would be very envious of. But the biggest drawback to this offense, they've got two good tight ends in Janu Smith, who has a history, with uh, with Arthur Smith from the days in, in Tennessee, and you got Kyle Pitts who, when when healthy, is is a weapon. You got mm-hmm. Drake London on the outside, but it's Desmond Ritter six touchdowns, six interceptions, holds to the ball, takes a lot of sacks, and that's what gives me every reason to believe that Todd Bowles' defense can do to Atlanta's Marcus Mari- Mariota last year, and they can do it to to this guy five sacks. I think there's going to be uh, a, a sack party at at, at Draymond James Stadium on Sunday.
1: Yeah, and if anything, they're going to force Ritter to get rid of the ball quickly, and that's going to be helpful with you know one didn't making a catch five yards down the field versus fifteen yards down the field or Pitts or whoever it is. Uh, what I would be concerned about, and you know Bijan Robinson, just as a football fan, he's just so exciting. Yeah, to, to watch as a player. We saw the Lions take advantage of the Bucks in the screen game and getting the right. ball into the hands of their playmakers. I mean, that yeah. touchdown Amon Ra St. Brown had That's right. he was running all over the place and making guys yeah. miss. So being the Bucks are always going to be aggressive, but not over pursuing to the point where you pin your ears back, you go after Ritter, boop, a little dump yeah. off to to uh to B. John Robinson, and he's right. off to the races. I can I can definitely see that happening. Um, tackling in the open field is going to be it's huge. one of the most important things for the Bucs, whether it's Algier, whether it's Bijan. Yep. I mean, I know Levante David's all reliable, but Devin White, he's a horse guy. He better get on his mm-hmm. horse for this game. Uh, you know, Antoine Field Jr. has got to be flying around. They yep. have to make sure they gang tackle, or if it's yep. one-on-one, make those stops because Bijan will make you miss, and a five-yard play will turn into a 25-yard play. Yeah. Very, very quickly. But if right. they can, they have a good enough pass rush that if they get to Ritter quickly, worst case, he just dumps it off or it's a bad throw. So, um, yeah. this offense is very, very beatable mainly because of, uh, the quarterback they're going
0: against. Yeah, and the thing is, is, is uh, usually teams have one tight end you have to account for. Like, right last week it was Laporta who, boy, what a, a back and forth uh, epic battle between he and Levante last week. I think they both got yeah. the best of each other at times. So it was kind of an even matchup, in my opinion. But with John Smith, seven-year veteran, he's actually slightly more productive than Kyle Pitts is. And so this is yeah. two tight ends, right? And so when you come out in in twelve personnel and you got you know one running back, two tight ends. It looks like a run formation, but they can easily go four wide. They can have Smith and Pitts, you know, hit you down the seam, and then London and Mac Collins, um, or or maybe even Scotty Miller. We'll see the return of Scotty Miller yeah, right? on Sunday to Tampa Bay. But Matt Collins is, is a good addition. He's leading them in terms of their their yards per catch, 15.3 as a receiver. He's got the longest play on offense so far. It's a 45-yard uh, catch and run. Um and, and, you know, Bijan is is their leading touchdown producer right now with with um, uh, he's got uh, uh, actually didn't have a, a rushing touchdown yet. Both of his touchdowns are receiving. Uh, it's Tyler Rodgier who has two rushing touchdowns, but they got to score more points. So does Tampa Bay. Uh, th- this this is a pretty evenly matched game. I think Tampa Bay has a slight edge. They're pissed off and, and uh, they know that they can control their destiny in the NFC South uh, starting on Sunday with with the win and really creating some separation.
1: Yeah, I, I think the Bucks have more talent. Uh, both talented teams, but I think yeah. the Bucks overall just have a better team so yeah. they just again got to make sure they don't yeah. get uh, close don't game get probably probably
0: low way. scoring and I yeah. mean, what do I know? I said last week was going to be a shootout yeah. and it wasn't, but uh, it just feels like with both these offenses struggling and both defenses yeah, playing pretty good that it, it seems like it's going to be the
1: initial over under is 38 <laughs> points, which is a very wow. low number it's in low. general. Yeah. So that's just very telling yeah. of what Vegas predicts uh, yeah. is going to happen. But anyway, we got a super chat before we wrap up the show from Matthew. Thank you, Matthew, for the $5 super chat. Great name says, yeah. uh, is it true? We are taking $70 million cap hit this year. Uh, will deck be cleared next year? And chances, Ritter, Allen, or Smith are with their teams next year.
0: Okay, so right now the Buccaneers have three point two million dollars in cap space, right? And in terms of dead money, yes, seventy seven million dollars worth of dead money. Thirty five million is from Tom Brady, so yep. <laughs> that's off the books. You're looking at seven point nine from Donovan Smith, Leonard Fournette had five million dollars, uh, Hakeem Hicks around five as well, Shaq Mason uh, four. So yeah, th- the Buccaneers did do some credit card shopping. Yep, and uh, now the thing is. All that dead money is going to be cleared off unless they make additional moves to cut guys. Then there'll be some dead money. But as it stands right now, Tampa Bay's salary cap situation in much better shape, $62 million uh, under the cap. However, however, there's a caveat. That caveat is Antoine Winfield Jr., Devin White, um, <clears throat> Baker Mayfield, Ryan Neal, um, Matt Filer. You've got a lot of starters that are up that you're going to have to either replace with the draft or resign those guys or find other free agents to come in and replace them, right? Winfield's going to stay. This yeah. team also is going to have to give. Uh, oh, there's also another guy, too, Mike Evans. He's a free agent. So that's $62 million. Trust me. Um, Mike Greenberg is not walking around town thinking he's, he has cash to burn in his pocket yeah. next year. That's pretty much all accounted for. They're going to have to make some additional moves, I think, uh, restructures. Probably get Trusted Worth's deal done mm-hmm. and then lower that cap value and then have some balloon payments later in the year or later in his years in his contract to free up some money. So, yes, better situation next year. They don't have to go to the bargain store to Dollar General and do some shopping. They might be able to shop at Ross or TJ Maxx or something instead.
1: And these things happen every single year. Like the Bucks always end up having a restructure or yeah. a lot of different moves go on. And they're always kicking the can down the road.
0: <clears throat> yeah, so. I will say this. Um, when it comes to to buying or selling a house, that's a different story because there's no salary cap. I mean, really, the cap is how much money do you have to spend or how much money do you want to make on your house? How much is your house worth? Why don't you give Eric Gross a call? Eric Gross the Eric Gross Group, the official realtors of Pewter Report, he can tell you. He knows the market like the back of his hand. He is the pro bowler when it comes to the real estate agents in the Tampa Bay area. And the great thing about the Eric Gross Group is they're partnered up with EXP Realty. So they have a network of over 85,000 agents. Let's say you want to move from where you're living at now to the sunny, great state of Florida. You can do that. He can help you sell your house where you are and then find the new house in Tampa. Or let's say you want to leave the great state of Florida. You can do that. He'll help you sell your house here and find a house wherever you decide to move to. Or if you want to move around the state, he can help you with both transactions. And that's what's great. And their clients are not transactions. They're lifelong friends. Don't let the stress of buying or selling a home keep you out of the game. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group. Visit housesandfla.com. That's housesandfla.com. That's Eric's website. It's laid out tremendously well and it has all their inventory. So it's a great place to start. Give Eric a call. He's a huge Peter Report fan. You guys will have something to talk about. In the interim, while he's finding out you know what you want to do with your house or where you want to live. 513-907-4271. That's 513-907-4271. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtors of Pewter Report.
1: Awesome. And also don't forget to uh, get in on the pickums for underdog fantasy. Use that promo code Pewter. P E W T E R all you have to do with underdog fantasy. If you want to play in the pick'em games is you pick a higher or lower on at least two different players. One from each team could be uh multiple players as well. Cause you can win up to 20 times your money. You just pick stats on uh, passing yards, rush yards, whatever you want. And as you see on the screen there, you can win up to 20 times your money. Yeah, in a buddy. Night. It's a ton of fun to do, especially if it's two teams that you may not even be a fan of, but, You want to uh, watch the game a little bit more intently. Check out the insurance deals they have as well. So if you make five picks and you hit four out of the five, you still win some money. If you don't do the insurance, you won't win at all if you get four out of the five. But Underdog Fantasy, you got the Pick'em Games, the Rivals, uh, a lot of great stuff over there, a lot of in-season tournaments as well. So Underdog Fantasy, use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and that will get you a first deposit bonus with Underdog.
0: That's right. Make sure that you are subscribing to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. That's where you can find Matt's Pewter picks and props on Fridays, my Pewter Pulse videos, as well as the Pewter Report podcast and Pewter Game Day, which is coming up. Let's give a little shout out to Pewter Game Day this week here. Yeah. Live pregame show at noon, live in-game analysis at one o'clock. Make sure that you're on Pewter Report TV for Pewter Game Day. Matt Matera and Adam Slavon will be uh, helping you uh, watch the game and digest it, and it's a fantastic show. Uh, make sure you tune in at noon for that pregame show and make sure you're visiting peterreport.com. Plenty of Bucks Falcons previews and, and coverage coming up today and throughout the rest of the week, plus the injury reports and uh, inside scoop game coverage. It's all at peterreport.com. Make sure you're following us on X, Instagram. Facebook and threads at Peter report. And again, Peter report TV folks. We appreciate all of the likes, all of the comments. It helps our algorithm helps us get in front of more Peter people like you guys.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Well, thanks everybody for watching this afternoon. We got another show coming up tomorrow, bringing on a uh, Falcons writer as well to get more into uh, this, this big time matchup. So that'll do it for us today for Scott Reynolds. I'm Matt Matera, saying thanks everybody for watching and we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the pewter report podcast out out.